enjoy being here. Enjoy your pastor. Always enjoy listening to him preach. And always been blessed um, by what we hear and the fellowship that we have. You know, we're living in strange times today. And I, I want to tell you a story. On the way down here, we come out 70, come east on 70 in there at Warrington. We came down. And uh, we stopped there at Warrington. And, and, uh, and I was uh, uh, there kind of minding my own business and, and uh, just gawking. I like to watch people. People interest me a lot. And so as I, I, I'm watching this, uh, I'm watching this uh, guy and uh, he's, he's bent over and he's, he's just kept, kept doing this. I'm thinking, that dude, I mean, something's going on here. All right? I mean, fellow, don't, don't do that for like 15 minutes. I mean, I'm watching him. I'm thinking, man, there's something about to go down here. And, uh, well, sure enough, he just stood up and he started uh, washing his hands. And, and I see he don't know how to work one of them paper dispensers that has the push thing down, then the paper comes out. And so I, I, I notice he's, okay, so I don't know what the politically correct word is, but I notice he's not from America, okay? I can just tell you that, okay? And so, uh, so I, I, I said, hey, 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 hey. So I showed him how to do that thing. He got some pain. I said, where are you from? And I said, where have you been? He said, we was in Kansas City, kind of real broken English. And uh, he's from Mexico or somewhere in the South America area. Uh, you can just tell by his, so. So I, I talked to him instantly, the Holy Spirit. I had a, I had a Spanish Bible that I, I put in all my stuff to bring down here. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, you ought to give him that Bible. I said, well, I'm going to give him that Bible. i got plans for that Bible. Amen. I, I, and I wasn't trying to be indifferent to the Holy Spirit. I just wasn't sure he knew what my plan was. <laughs> Y'all ever get like that? Amen. And so we talk here. Well, then it comes another guy just like him. And, and boy, we're just, you know, trying to carry on the conversation. Hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So I go out and uh, I'm standing there at the door and they walk out and, and another lady walks out and they're all walking to that car, and there's a guy out there, and they're talking, four of them. And I'm thinking, you know what? I need to do something. So sure enough, I got out of the car. When we got over to the car, opened the back, got that Bible out. I bought several of them and, uh, and uh, took that over there. And I said, here, I want to give you this. And he goes, and the fellow that could speak English said, is it in Spanish? I said, sure it is. He said, thanks. So when we were driving away, they were reading it. I thought, what a hoot. Who would have known, amen? Come on now, who would have known that I was going to leave at a certain time and end up in a certain place at the time they were going to end up in a certain place, people that needed to hear the gospel, and I would have exactly what they needed. I mean, you talk about missions in work, preacher. That's about as good as it gets, amen? And so... Uh, so I've been rejoicing. I thought, man, what I should have done was put my name and card in there. Amen, in case they had any questions. Not that I could have understood them, but I could maybe have directed them to somebody that maybe, uh, maybe could have. So anyway, I was excited. So the Spanish Bible that I brought, I'm trying to get into the Bible printing business. Um, I'm, I'm getting some New Testaments printed, but I really want to get into the Bible making business. Uh, it ain't business, but you understand what I'm saying. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. So, but anyway, praise the Lord. So that is the pretty ministry in a nutshell. And God's just been good, and we thank him for it. And I don't know how many souls have been saved. I don't know how many we've printed since I've been there. 
I let the Lord keep all that count and all that tallies. That's his business. But I like going to places where I hear, hey, you know, we shipped a container of scripture and some, somebody got saved and people got saved. God's good. Amen. And, I, and I'm convinced that the word of God works in the hearts and lives of people. I'm sure of that. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, what time are you normally done? Young man, what time are you normally done? What? Six o'clock. Glory to God. <laughs> I, have, I have 11 hours to preach. <laughs> Woo! You talk about Paul preaching late in the night, amen? <laughs> All right. Take your Bibles to John chapter 1. And uh, John chapter 1. And I'll do my best to preach to your heart and mine. Uh, uh, my wife's heard this, but she needs it again. This is my wife, by the way, and my first wife, and the only one that I've had. We, uh, whenever I started going to church, she is, she is born and raised in church, and I, I wasn't. And, uh, and so we went to school together uh, our whole life, and we never had one class together. And we only had 100 students in our class, okay? We had three grades for uh, our class. And so, but we were never in, I started Gillespie in, in Gillespie, Illinois at school in third grade. And so it was in 10th grade uh, whenever I started going to church. And then I met Yvette. And, uh, and uh, I didn't even know she existed until then. And uh, that was, uh, I mean, you'd think in such a small school you'd know everybody, but I never knew her and until I started going to church. And so uh, church is a good place to find a wife. Amen. Let's all say amen. And uh, all right, so do you all stand to read the Bible? Okay. All right, let's stand to read um, and first John, or the Gospel of John chapter 1. I... I tell you what, I like the Bible, amen. I like to read it and study it and uh, glean some things from it. And a few months ago, I was looking here and I thought, boy, this, this is what I need. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Listen to this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the, light, of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of the not of blood, nor of the will of of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, "This was He of whom I spake. That He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness have all received grace, uh, received and grace for grace." 
For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared him. And this is the record which, of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites uh, from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? Or he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he said, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And said, as said the prophet Isaiah, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor reliest neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, there standeth one, but there standeth one among you, whom you know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch I am not worthy to unloose. These were done in Beth Arba, uh, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege it is to stand here and preach. May we truly be anointed of the Lord and used of the Lord to bless uh, your name and to glorify your name. May you uh, reach out here tonight and meet with us and speak to our hearts concerning the things of God. Help us to be like John in our mannerisms and our message and the things we do. To the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Some years ago, whenever uh, Michael Jordan was in the uh, highlight of basketball, there was a little phrase that came out. Uh, it was all over the news. It was all over all kinds of promotions, and it was, be like Mike. And, uh, and so it sold. And, and young boys began to uh, play basketball as they've never before played. And Michael Jordan brought the uh, elevated basketball's popularity uh, to a realm that's probably never been and probably never will be. And so they be like Mike. And uh, they began to uh, sell shoes and, and clothing. Number 23 was just everywhere. Everybody, Chicago Bulls. Uh, paraphernalia was being sold by the billions of dollars and Nike was making billions of dollars and Michael Jordan was making millions and billions of dollars and everybody wanted to be like Mike. And boy, that was the phrase that stuck and that's the phrase uh, still today as uh, uh, you think about basketball. But tonight, instead of being like Mike, I just maybe talk to you, preach to you a little bit on this subject. Let's be like John. It doesn't rhyme, but it's biblical. Amen. Amen. Let's be like John. You know, John the Baptist was quite an unusual character. I mean, if you really study the life of John, he was born to old parents. In fact, I don't know if I don't know if Zacharias had still been praying about a son in his old age, or if this is a prayer that had just kind of faded out of his memory. But you know, whenever he was there in the temple doing the service of the Lord, the angel came to him and he said, uh, "He said, Zacharias, he said, your prayer has been heard, and you're going to have a son." And I, I, I can think of this in my brain. I, I can think of Zacharias thinking, well, that had been good if it had been answered, you know, several years ago. Uh, it had been a lot more convenient, you know. Uh, he, he could have thought of all these things. You know, he, he just, I, I just don't understand. You, you know, sometimes God's timing is not your timing and my timing. We think we got to have 
we got to have God's answer whenever it fits our schedule, whenever it fits what we're doing. But you know, whenever God begins to work, then it's a miraculous work and he gets all the glory for it. And so Zacharias says, well, okay. And, and Zacharias, of course, wondering how these things are going to be. We know the story. He goes home. Elizabeth's going to have a, have a son. And uh, sure enough, here's that baby boy. He's been born. And now it's time to name him. And they're going to call him Zacharias for father's sake. And she said, no, we're going to call him John. And they kind of looked at her and they said, well, there ain't nobody in your family named John. She said, no, this is what we're going to name him. And so they signaled to his dad and, and, and they said, what do you want to name him? And, and he said, his name is John and his, lo- his mouth was loosed. And man, you're talking about an amazing thing. John wasn't your ordinary character, though. He was kind of a, a reserved guy. In fact, whenever he came Whenever he came out of the out of out into the public ministry, uh, he he was rather oddly dressed. You know, it just wasn't your uh, it just wasn't your 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 formal dress for the for the modern day prophet of the day. Let me put it that way. Amen. And and his diet, man. I'm telling you, the other day, preacher, some of the kids at church brought some dried uh, locusts to church. And uh, they're about this long, and I don't know if they cooked them or, or somebody else cooked them. And, man, all them little boys come up, and they run up to me and say, Brother Tim said, try one of these. And I'm looking at this, this locust about this big, and, and I, I looked at them boys. I said, did either, any of you guys eat them? They said, yeah. So I just took one and ate it. And, uh, oh, it wasn't bad. It's all right. It, it's just crunchy. It's like McDonald's fried had been in the grease too long. Amen. And, uh, man, they're just watching me. And, and I said, I think one of his legs got cut in my, caught in my teeth. You know, oh, man, preacher, that's funny. So they started eating them up. So I, I'm going to tell you this. I don't think John had them like I had them, though. I don't know if he had them raw or not, but that would not have set. I would be, listen, I would be skinny if I was eating locusts raw. Amen. Can you imagine this guy? I mean, he comes out and, and he's, he, he's, just, he's just an odd fellow for society. But he has a message from God. He has a message. So let's be like John, number one. Look there in, in verse number six. There was a man sent from God. You know, missions and mission work is all about God sending people to do the work of the Lord. Really, missions is not just foreign. Missions is what I told you happened to me today, having something in hand and the Holy Spirit of God saying, your mission is to hand this person a Bible. Everybody can be sent of God to somebody. Listen, there's people around you and people around me that we need to be sent to and God is going to send us to them in order that they can hear the gospel and they'll have an opportunity to be saved. You know, often our minds think that only those that are, listen, God called. I don't know if that's the right way to do it or not. You know, these that have a special thing upon them are those that are sent. No, God has called all of us. God has called all of us to be out here in this world telling others. You see, John the Baptist, he he was not only unusual as you look at him, but you know, God knew all about him. God, God knew all about his mom and dad. He knew all about his, his frame and his abilities and his lack of abilities. But I'll tell you what, whenever John showed up on the scene, there was something happened that hadn't happened around that place in a long time. 
He came bearing a message uh, sent from God with a message to mankind of hope and, and, and deliverance out of sin. He came uh, sent from God in a great time of need. Well, I don't know if you're looking around today, boy, there's a great need for the gospel. Our world today, our country today, uh, maybe not so much our state, but I'll tell you, our country today is just getting further and further from God. You know, preacher, one of the things I prayed whenever we started these mail-outs, first of all, I prayed that God would get glory. The second thing I prayed is that it would bring about spiritual awakening to people. And uh, people would get saved, and we've seen, heard a few get saved. People might get stirred up and get back in church, and we've, we've experienced that. A few uh, have called me and said they got back in church. But one thing I prayed, whenever I moved over here, Missouri was on the, on the verge of, of, of that blue side, on that liberal side of thinking. And one of the things I prayed about is that God would use this to turn Missouri into a very conservative-minded state. I mean, I'm concerned about that. Listen, I'm, I'm not preaching politics to you. I'm just saying, I'm talking about morally, ethically, Missouri is in a great need. And everybody around us today needs somebody, needs the gospel, and we are those that are sent from God to carry the gospel to them. I know people say, well, you know what, I'm just not really a talker. We'll find out what you like to talk about. Everybody's a talker about something. Amen? Everybody is. And so he was sent from God. He was sent from the Lord. And listen, you and I are sent from God to reach our, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Whether we go personally or whether we go through a missionary, our job is to get the gospel to every person. You know, preacher, I heard, a, I heard this. I don't know if it's true or untrue. If we printed... If we printed scripture, and if every Christian, born-again Christian of all denominations, all right, taken for whatever it may be, all right, was to witness and win people to Christ, we could never win the present population in, my, in the rest of my lifetime. Almost 8 billion people. I, I was in a conference here not long ago, and they said there's over 7,500 languages, dialects, I guess, in the world, and only less than 750 Bibles. Boy, I'm thankful I have a Bible, amen? And so we are sent from God. Let's be like John and let's just understand tonight that we are sent from God. When we leave this room, we are sent from God with a mission. We are to, be, we are to have a track, we are to have a gospel, we are to have something to share with those that we are sent to. Sometimes I, I have preacher friends on Facebook and, and they'll say, boy, we led so-and-so to Christ, led so-and-so to Christ, led so-and-so to Christ. You know, every once in a while I think, man, I wish I could do that. And you know what? Instantly the Holy Spirit says, well, you could if you'd do what they do. You know, just talk to people. And I'm, I, I instantly regret saying that because I'm instantly convicted of it. And, and so there, the, it doesn't take a special kind of person to be a witness, it just takes somebody to be sent. Amen. And here, here's what God says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Right. Everybody in here is sent from God. So let's be like John. Let's just accept that we're sent. Second of all, let's be like John in verse number 7. Let's just be a witness. In verse 7, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. 
He came to witness. He didn't come to straighten out everybody. He just came to witness. A witness. What does a witness tell? Just what he knows. He don't make anything up. He just simply tells what he knows. What was John to witness? The light. Just all about this light that has come into the world, Jesus Christ. Listen, we could, I, I appreciate the song, in all of him. In fact, I said that this morning in our church. We, need to, we just need to get in awe of him. And if we're, if we're just, if we're just in, in gulf with who Christ is, that's what church is really about. It's not about me. It's not about, uh, about the things we do, but it's about him. And John came to be a witness of him. He came to be a witness of that true light, the Bible says. You see, there's a lot of light shining. But there's only one true light. There's a lot of Jesuses being preached, but there's only one Jesus. You see, there's a lot of gospels being preached, but there's only one gospel. There's a lot of spirits working in this world, but there's only one Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we are bombarded today. And John came and he said, I am going to bear witness of that true light, Jesus Christ. I like that next part too. In verse number seven, that all men through him might believe. He came to witness to all men. I tell you what, old John didn't know that there was only some pre-selected and some not pre-selected. He didn't know that. Because it ain't Bible, amen? You know what John said? He, he came to preach to them all. The Bible says in the, book of Luke, in the book of Luke that the people came to him. The people came to him. Just ordinary people came to him. Confessing their sins. And, and, and as a result of that, he would, they would acknowledge their confession of sin and they would get baptized. By the way, that's the way it ought to be. And then the Bible says, in, uh, and they said, what shall we do? In Luke 3, 12, the publicans came to him. In Luke 3, 14, the soldiers came to him. And, and of all the times, here is, here is John the Baptist. And I believe old John had a personal witness from what the scripture says with Herod. And I believe he told Herod how to get saved. I believe he told Herod about that true life. You see, we, you, you don't, I, I, oh, listen, sometimes, and I know we shouldn't be like this, but have you ever looked at somebody and said, you know what, even if I witnessed them, them rascals wouldn't get saved? Have you ever thought that? Am I the only normal person here? Oh, one other brother back there, amen. Two of us in here. Man, I've looked at people thinking, you know, I've got a track in my hand thinking, man, this is, that rascal ain't going to get saved no matter what happens. And of all the people, he's the guy who gets saved. Isn't it amazing how God just humbles you? I, I mean, we sometimes predetermine who can get saved and who. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, you look at that. The, the, the way that character looks, there ain't no way he'd ever get saved. And so we bypass him thinking we are the ones that know who is or who will and who won't get saved. But John didn't know that. He, he said, all men. All men. Well, I tell you what, I, I'm sure, I, I remember some years ago whenever I was here in, at the pastor's conference, you had a, you had a big, uh, you had a, a, a map, maybe of your city, maybe of your county. And uh, uh, I think maybe if I remember right, you had reached like out six or seven miles, maybe in a direction from the church 
or some direction from the church, maybe all directions from church, I don't really remember. I remember you showing us that map and, and, and had, had covered all the homes here in this area and then kind of reached out into the rural area. You remember that? You remember doing that? Oh, good. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm glad you remember doing it. <laughs> Amen. And, and, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure whenever you were doing that, there was probably sometimes you knocked on the door or, or, or ever how it was that you did that, and you probably thought, man, that was a, ain't no way. Ain't no way. I had a, I had the guy from the, the Jewish missions. Uh, I can't remember what his name is right now. He preached for me last year. He told me this. He told us a story. He said this, this Jewish rabbi was handed a Bible. And he got so infuriated, he threw it over his head. All right? He was, don't give me a Bible. And man, he was just adamant. I mean, furious. 30 years later, this same rabbi is going to move. And so as he's moving his stuff, 30 years later, he finds that Bible. It had fallen behind a bookshelf or something. Apparently, he wasn't a good cleaner either. Amen. And, and so for 30 years, it laid there. He picked it up, and he read it, and he got saved. See, so, so you just don't know who. I, I think probably most of these mail-outs, people look at them and shake their head like I would as a lost person and probably either throw them in the trash or put them up. Maybe out of respect of the word, they don't throw them away. Maybe they put them up somewhere. But you know, you never know whenever a hard time might come and some fellow might think, you know what, I remember getting something. I need something. Amen. You see, God has a way of bringing people to needing what you have. So, so let's not... Let's not predetermine who can and who can't get saved. Let's just consider that all of them are potential to get saved. And, let, and let's carry the gospel to him. So he was sent and he was to be a witness. Let's be like John and let's be a witness for Christ. And, and then over there in verse, number, in verse number 23, he said, I'm a voice. Who are you? I'm just a voice of one man. By the way, that's all I can be is a voice of one man. I can't be a voice for everybody, but I can be a voice for him. Amen. Amen. I don't champion a lot of causes that go around, but I like the gospel. And I like to champion that one. Amen. I like to be involved in that cause. John said, I'm just a voice. Well, what kind of voice? Well, I think he was a voice of hope to a lot because many people came to him. He's a voice of hope. I'll tell you what, we're living in a society today that's, I'm telling you what's don't got a lot of hope. I mean, they're just, I, I, listen, suicide rates up. I don't know if you've heard of this new thing going on called COVID and the variant, but, but it has caused a lot of people to just lose their mind. The, the, there's a lot of people that are fearful. I mean, living in constant fear. Um, and I'm sure you have it around here. We had it around us. And... Um, you know, there's people that are just that are just depressed and discouraged and defeated. You know what they need? They need a voice. They just need somebody to lift them up, a voice of of hope to them. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine Jeremiah? Remember Jeremiah whenever he he got let down into the miry pit, and and he was sunk up to his armholes there in the in the in the miry clay. Don't you know he was excited when, when uh, uh, 
whatever that fellow's name is that went down there and rescued him. I can't think of it right now. He, he yelled down there, Jeremiah, we're here to get you out. I don't think Jeremiah said, nah, I think I'll just stay down here a day or two more. Kind of cool. No, I think he is ready. Hey, we're going to let down these old rotten rags that we got, and we're going we're to uh, tie, tie them up around you, and we're going to pull you up out of there. Jeremiah said, well, couldn't you have got better rags? Or No, he didn't say any of that. He said, okay. I'm going to tell you what, whenever you're talking about people, or when you're talking to people, people are just looking for hope. And boy, we ought to be that voice of hope today. We ought to be that voice of truth today. Can you imagine? I, I cannot imagine this in my mind. I just can't imagine. <clears throat> John the Baptist standing at Herod's door. Got a message. He's a voice for God. <clears throat> John, what, what are you doing here? Herod, I got a message for you. And I can see the newlywed Mrs. Herod slipping around there in her new house with her new husband. It's not right for you to have your brother Philip's wife. It's sin, and God ain't happy with it. Man, you talk about a voice. You talk about a voice that brought conviction. It, it convicted both of them. John, uh, Herod was just a little coward and he wouldn't do anything about it. His wife was a little vindictive, we read. She never forgot it. But you know what? It didn't matter to John. He was that voice. I'll tell you, our world today needs a voice. They need a voice of what's right. Man, I'm telling you what, we're bombarded by, by every media outlet on the wrong way to live. And our young people and our old people and everybody in between needs a voice. Thank God for your pastor being a voice here to you. And thank God for your church being a voice to this community. But listen, we need to voice for God. God don't have a voice if he don't have us. He don't have a voice. You can be a voice at work. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be mean and hateful spirited. But you can sure be a voice. Amen. The voice of one, well, what can I do? Well, whenever John got done, he was just the voice of one, but the whole area was coming out to hear the gospel. He said, listen, what I'm talking about doesn't have anything to do with me. I must decrease and he must increase. He said, I'm not worthy to, lose, to, to stoop down and, 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 to, and to unloose his shoe latch. Boy, he was a voice, a voice. I'm gonna tell you what, our world needs a voice today. You know, preacher, we really don't have anybody who's a, a moral voice for America today. I, I, I doubt all of us would agree with everything Jerry Falwell said or did, but I'll tell you what, at a time, he was sometimes a voice that we needed to hear. Sometimes, way back when, uh, Billy Graham was a voice that kind of brought the conscience of righteousness. I'm not saying everything he did was right. I'm just saying we, need, we don't have any of them voices anymore. We don't have anybody voicing in the, in the White House. We don't have anybody voicing in Congress. Listen, out here in these rural areas where we live in Missouri, we need a voice, a voice of right, a voice of hope, 
my goodness, people, people are just bombarded by problems and difficulties, marriage problems, children problems, financial problems, health problems. And they need somebody to give them a voice. Just be a voice. A voice of one. You say, well, you know, what, what's good's my voice? Never know what your voice may change. The direction of a person. Amen? You just never know. Number four, let's just be a little, uh, let's be like John. Let's be emphatic about what we believe. John said there in verse number 29, the next day John see Jesus coming unto him and said, well, there he is, the Lamb of God we've been talking about. No, he didn't say it like that, did he? Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin. I, I can just see. Hey, hey, look around here. There he is. There's who? The Lamb of God. Who? The Lamb of God. Who? That guy right there. That guy right there, you don't look like the Lamb. Yep, that's him. The Lamb of God. That's him. He declared him to be God's answer to man's problem. There he is. There in Genesis, whenever Abraham and Isaac are up on the mountain, and Isaac said, Dad, we got all the things that we need. We're just missing the most important thing, and that's the lamb. And Abraham said, Son, don't worry. God will provide himself a lamb. There he was. There he was. The lamb of God. He, he was emphatic about who Jesus was. He just wasn't a prophet. He's the prophet. He wasn't a lamb. He's the lamb. He just wasn't a savior. He's the savior. That's him. Jesus. That's the guy we've been looking for. For thousands of years. There he is. Right there. Look. Philip said, uh, you don't mind it, boss. We'll follow him. Amen. Andrew said, I am too. I'm going to go see where he's at. The Lamb of God. And not only did he declare who he was, he declared what he could do. Take away the sin of the world. Did, did you read it there? Taketh away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. You mean the whole world? Yeah. Not just a select few? Nope. The whole world. He could, he could take care of the sin of, of the vilest of sinners. That's the guy right there. Right there he is, the Lamb of God. He takes away sin. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's what we need to be pointing people to. That's the work of missions. The work of missions is not missionaries. The work of missions is not planting churches and all of this. The, 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 the main focus of missions, pointing them to Jesus. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Now, if you're, if you're in an area like I am, you knock on very many doors, you find out everybody's saved. All of them saved. You saved? Yep. Go to church? Nope. You ever been to church? Nope. <laughs> you ever going to go to church? Nope. You're like, well, how'd you get saved? Just happened. <laughs> Lucky ones. You know, like... No, I'll tell you what, people, what's that alcohol doing? Oh, yeah, I'm still a drinker. Huh. What's that? I don't know about you, but we got them, we got that, we got that legalized stuff up there in our area now where you can go in there in the room and, or in the building and buy it. You used to have to get kind of secret about it, but now you can just go in there and buy it, you know, if you want it. What an abomination. Yeah. Amen. I, I think it's still sin. Amen. 
Yeah, we've still got a sin problem. You know, all over our, our, our big city and our county, Randolph County, Huntsville is actually the county seat, but Moberly, uh, Rand, uh, Huntsville wouldn't let them put the, put the train depot there because they didn't want the hobos back then. That's what they called I don't know what to call them today, but to call them hobos back then. They didn't want that hobo population. So Moberly said, we'll take them. So Moberly got to be the big town. And so Moberly has about 14,000 people. Randolph County has 53 churches in it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't have 53 places to sell alcohol. Or three times that many. <clears throat> a few years ago, we, they built a new sports complex. Spent millions of dollars on this sport complex in the, in the park area. So came word to me that uh, there was going to, uh, there were some people wanted to have, they have pavilions out there so you can go to the park and rent a pavilion and, you know, have a family get together or whatever it is you want to do. And uh, so, so somebody wanted to have alcohol and they have a no alcohol uh, clause. They can't, can't sell alcohol out there, can't, can't or have alcohol out there. So the city council decided they was going to take that up and discuss it and see if it shouldn't be changed. Well, I heard about it, so I called them. I called the guy, the Parks and Rec, the guy that was in charge of that. I can't remember his name, but I, I told him who I was. I said, I'm the pastor at Sweet Springs Baptist Church. I said, I understand that you are getting ready to consider letting alcohol out here on the park grounds. Yes, sir, we are. I said, why? Well, you know, preacher, when people get together, they just like to drink. They just like to have that. I said, well, I believe this. I said, I believe drinking's wrong. I believe it's sin. And I just want you to know I'm against it. And I said, and I'm going to tell you something else. If you legalize it, anybody gets hurt, their blood's on your hands. And every alcohol that's sold out there or, or brought out there and drank out there, that blood is on your hands and you'll answer to God for it. I was quiet there for a little bit. And he said, well, thanks for the input. And they voted it in. But I'll tell you what, they heard some guy that was against sin. But you know, preacher, listen, I, I, my dad was, man, he's a heavy drinker. I mean heavy drinker. He is, he is an old, so he wasn't into drugs. I mean, that was, that generation, my dad was born in 1915, all right? That generation was drinkers. And all them men that, I was around were just drinkers is all that they were. And they drank unbelievable. And uh, my dad got saved before he died, praise the Lord. And, uh, but <clears throat> sometimes I think when it comes to sin, that's just my opinion about it. I think sometimes we think God can't deal with some people's sin. But I'm going to tell you what, he can. That's what he, in fact, Jesus said of all the things I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. I came to seek and to save sinners. Hey, by the way, that's who I was. And by the grace of God, I'm a redeemed man now in Jesus Christ. And so tonight, you know, Christ came to take away sin. So when we go out and witness to somebody, we need to understand it don't matter who they are now. It's what Christ can do for them. And make them different. I was telling this morning in preaching. You know whenever. I must have got a different kind of salvation than some people. I, I got that kind that just worked. Alright. I, I mean it just, it just changed me from the inside out. 
I don't ever like to create trouble. Really, I don't. A confrontation is not my friend, all right? I will avoid it. But I like to know things. And the only way you know some things is ask questions. So I was asking a fellow pastor. I was not trying to be confrontational. I was asking for information. And I asked him this question. I said, can I ask you something? He said, sure. I said, I don't want to offend you. He said, you won't. And I said, I bet I do. But I don't want to. I'm just wanting to ask for information. I said, how come? Back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, the only reason why I know that is because some of the preachers that I grew up under, I mean, they came out of a rough background. Drinking, gambling, running moonshine, and God saved them and delivered them from it. I said, let me ask you this. And I'm not against this if you all do this. I'm really not. I said, how come it is that that old-time salvation saved a man, delivered him out of drunkenness, and I said, now it takes us 15 steps to get him out once he gets saved. I'm not against alcohol addictions and all that kind of stuff. I'm really not. I said, how come that happens? I wasn't being confident. Well, sure enough, he took offense to it. And uh, he said, I'm going to tell you what. He said, now, now it's just different. And I thought, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not against them things. Thank God for anybody that can help anybody to get off of anything. Praise the Lord. In fact, I'd like to enter one to help me get off of sin. Can I get a witness there? Not your sin, just my sin. And by the way, whenever we preach on sin, I usually avoid mine. Don't you? I like to preach on them that's obvious and not those hidden things. But you see, I can't hide that from God. And I'm thankful that Jesus Christ came to take away sin. And when I was 17 and a half years old, I fell to my knees and I asked Christ to come into my heart and save me and change me and make me a child of God. And I came up a new creature. Old things passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Amen. Yeah. And boy, I'm going to tell you what. I still battle sin. But I read a verse if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There ain't a sin God can't forgive. You say, oh, preacher, you, know, you don't understand how far that guy has gone. No matter how far he's gone. I, I read a verse. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You know, sometimes we, we fail to witness of the, of the power of Christ to forgive sin. There's people living with the guilt of sin. Guilt of things they've done years ago. Preacher, I had, a, I had an old man. I mean, years ago when I first started pastoring. I had an old man. He said he was a saved man. And you know, he told me sitting in his kitchen table. Just an old bachelor. And that old man shared his heart of things that happened 50, 60 years ago in his life. And he said, I can't get over it. He said, I did so wrong. And he said for, I think it was, I think he was up in his 80s. He said, for 60 years, I've lived with that. And I said, well, I think maybe the rest of your life you ought to get rid of it. And I told him how to get rid of it. We prayed together. And he said, I feel like there's been a load lifted. People don't know what Christ can do. And we've got the answer. If you're harboring some guilt, some, something that's just weighting you down, hey, bring it to Jesus. I, I'm probably not around here, but you know every once in a while we have kids getting all kinds of trouble around where we're at. We specialize in that group up there. Amen. 
That's the kind we invite to church, them sinners. <laughs> and boy, they'll come and preach, I've really messed my life up. I don't guess there's any hope for me. You know, you're 14. You got your whole life ahead of you. Good night. Get rid of it under the blood. Thank God his blood cleanses us from all sin. Hey, from the guilt of sin, from the power of sin and glory to God one day, even from the presence of sin. I mean, let's just be like John. Let's be emphatic about what we believe about the Lamb. Amen? Amen? And what he can do. John said over there in 1 John 2, he said, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's a propitiation for my sin, yes, but also for the sin of the whole world. I mean, everybody out here, the blood of Christ. There's never been a sinner that Christ couldn't save except that one who won't come to him. I'm telling you, this world needs a witness about who Jesus is and what he can do. Amen? I tell you, the church is such a negative aspect today of the world and view of the world. But I'm going to tell you what, if they only understood what we know, you couldn't seek the amount of people in this room tonight. If all these people out here realized they could get lift that load lifted in life and hope and, and joy, this building could not hold the people. And I wonder why they don't know it. Maybe it's because we haven't been in fact about what we believe. We don't be confrontational. We're just true. I'll tell you this other story, and then I'll quit. Famous last words. It's been 45, well, we'll be 45 minutes. I was walking into the bank downtown Moberly one day, pay a bill, and out came these two guys in a white shirt, and uh, they was walking down the aisle there, down the sidewalk there, and they had a nice white shirt tie on, so you know who I'm talking about. And uh, so they, got, they said, sir, and I said, hang on just a minute. I said, I got to do some banking business. Give me three minutes. So I went in, hurried up, did the banking business, come right back out, and, and I said, what can I do for you? And they said, we'd like to give you something. I said, I'd like to give you something. I, I, and they had a Bible of some sort there, and uh, and, and so I just, I said, hey, let me see that. And so I took that Bible and I said, you ever read this verse? I said, you ever read this verse? See, they don't like them verses. They like that other book, that companion book. But they don't like them verses. And I talked to them about Jesus. You know, even that crowd needs to hear about Jesus. I mean, they all do. Hey, I'm glad somebody came by my way one day and told me about Jesus. And tonight, if you're not saved, Jesus loves you unconditionally. He just doesn't love us super good people. He loves them sinners. Amen? He loves them, them old druggies and them alcoholics and them, them other ones along that line. He specializes in them. And I'm glad tonight I can go wherever I go. Thankful today I could tell a, a group of of people that I think was probably from Mexico, I could hand them a Bible and tell them about Jesus. I may never, ever see them again, but maybe one day I'll see them in heaven because of just the ability to witness. I'm telling you, all around here, and I, I'm sure your church is, is well-equipped, knowing your pastor, but I'm going to tell you what, if you've not been a witness for Christ this week, this past week, then you need to start today. And tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And when you hear somebody lift up their voice, and, you, and God needs a voice, you ought to just lend your voice. I'm not talking politics. 
I'm talking about a voice for Jesus. Amen? I'm telling you, all around us are people. All around us are people that need a witness. So we need to be sent from God. We are. We need to be a witness for God. And that's what we're commanded to do. And we need to be a voice for God. And we need to be emphatic about what we believe about who Jesus is. And if we can do that, we can turn this world back to Christ. But you know, as long as we sit here not being a witness, I, I, I told you I was going to quit. So I'm going to confess my lie, and then I'll quit. I think maybe John was like whenever the Holy Ghost of God said, all right, John's time to preach. I'm thinking John thought, where? He didn't announce a meeting. He just went out by the Jordan River. And they wasn't probably a whole lot of people, maybe just a few fishermen out there. Maybe, maybe it was maybe just somebody having a picnic. He rears back, starts a preaching. And then long before news travels, you guys got to come see this nut job. We always knew John was a little bit, mm-hmm. He is out there preaching. They said, he is? What's he preaching? Repentance. What? Repentance? We haven't heard that since them other preachers preached. Because modern preachers don't preach that. Man, they wasn't long before he had a crowd. He said, now, here, here, came, here, came, here came that brother over here, and he said, John, he said, you've been preaching my heart, and I haven't been right with God, and I've been doing this, this, and this. John said, amen, let's get you down. And he started baptizing them. And all of a sudden, somebody said, what are you baptizing him for? He said, because he repented. Well, I want to get baptized. He said, where's your fruits? Meet for repentance. And they began to confess, and they began to get right, and things happened. Just got to be obedient. Father, we thank you for the day. What a blessing it is to be saved and on our way to heaven. Lord, we realize today that we're just not set here to, uh, just to enjoy this life now. But God, we are sent here with a mission on this earth. And that is to carry the gospel to every man, woman, boy, and girl in our vicinity and around the world. I pray tonight, Father, you will help us to be like John and be a witness. I pray, Lord, you will help us to, to reach people to love people, and to care for people. I pray tonight, God, you'll help us to offer hope to people in Christ. And I pray, Lord, you'll bless the efforts by souls being saved, lives being redeemed and changed by the power of the cross. I'm so thankful today for what Jesus did in my heart. And I pray God will go across this land telling others about Christ. In his name we pray, amen.